Welcome to the Midtown Podcast, conversations for curious people. I'm your host, I'm Trevor, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are in season two. This is episode two. I guess technically it's episode 1B. Uh, We are following up a conversation that I had with my friend Josh Williams, where we are talking about the Bible. Uh, Josh is just an incredible thinker and has studied the Bible for many years. And so uh, if you are just hopping into the, the podcast right now, I would definitely encourage you to listen to season two, episode one, uh, just to get caught up. I'm, I'm really starting right where we left off in this conversation. And by the way, so many people have reached out to me and have said, man, thank you for having this conversation and for having Josh on. Really love his voice and his perspective, and he's making me think. So I really hope you enjoy the rest of our conversation uh, about the Bible. I think the the thing that we need to come back to, though, that ties into that is... We need to keep our foundation the foundation. Yeah. Christians are, along with the whole world, loved by God. That's, the, that's our starting spot. Okay. Is that God loves the world so much that he sends his son. Um, if we come at this through God hates the world, uh, then we would have a dramatically different understanding of scripture of Jesus. But if we keep this framed in the context of God so loved the world that he sent his son, um, that, that, that's, that's our core framing device for the whole conversation that we're having here. We trust God's heart. And uh, I cannot remember the passage right now, and hopefully you'll be able to just pull this out. Oh. The, the idea that it's God's desire that none should perish. This is God's plan. God loves the world so much that he doesn't want any to perish. You're going to have some struggles with that, not to throw you off base, but like a lot of the Old Testament, a lot of the Hebrew Bible has a lot of killing. Um, And so that for for a lot of people, and this is one of the reasons why you have a lot of de-churched, unchurched deconstruction, because I can't understand that. So we're going back to this idea of theology, though. Right. Right? Right. Okay. Yes. And... Again, this is where I think we need to continue to come back to the the second my second foundational idea okay, yes. that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord in the sense of God and Jesus is Lord in the sense of master. If Jesus is truly in some sense God, then that makes the words of Jesus the clearest representation, the clearest transmission of the heart of God that we have in the whole Bible. Yes. Now, let's look at an implication of that. If we look at Matthew's Gospel and the Sermon on the Mount, for example, uh, this is a beautiful passage. It's a three-chapter sermon that is really kind of one idea beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus gives this sermon, and in this passage, uh, we have one of the great, uh, most quoted uh, by evangelicals and defenders of the inerrant Bible uh, passage. It's uh, in Matthew, what is it, 5, 17. Uh, 
Jesus says, do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've, I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commandments and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven now that sounds like boom everything is letter for letter we got to be even more letter focused than the pharisees themselves you have to know the the old testament and the bible more than the pharisees more than the pharisees and you have to live it better than they do and jesus goes on from there to to uh tell us what he means by more uh he says don't just not uh Oh yeah. Don't just don't don't just not murder people. Don't even hate people. Yep. Don't 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 not sleep. Uh, <laughs> don't commit adultery. Don't, don't. It's not even just that. It, it's lust. It's more, yeah. You got to not lust. And he goes on to talk about how your righteousness needs to be beyond what those rule following Pharisees are. And can we? Can I just pause for a second? Going back to what you said about salvation being this healing process. Yes. Just for a second, think about the world without lust. It's it's not even just without adultery. Mm-hmm. Think about all of the implications of lust and what happens. I'm going to go out on a limb and say human trafficking, mm-hmm. pornography. If you think about the, the world without lust, think about that healing process of what's happening in the world. For those who like to be rule and law based, have laws against prostitution stopped prostitution in the world have laws against murder stopped murder in the world they have not what it takes is a rewiring of our minds it's a healing of our minds from the inside from the inside out is what will change us and change the world this world that god loves god wants to work in us to bring healing so that he can work through us to reach this world that's just a really great way to view it and to live i think man so again jesus his opponent was the pharisees the rule followers the one that do it wanted to do it exactly how god wanted him to do it and and then he says to us as his disciples you know you have to do better than them you have to do better it has than to them. surpass it has to surpass what they're doing uh and so what does jesus lead up to Jesus goes on and on through uh, verse uh, chapter five through chapter six, uh, says some really amazing and really challenging things. And me, as a person who likes to be a rule follower, mm-hmm. I'm getting more and more and more overwhelmed to the spot where it's like, I'm just going to give up. Like, how can how can I possibly do this? But then, then in chapter seven, Jesus gives us the secret recipe in Matthew seven twelve. He says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Hmm. So towards the beginning of this sermon, Jesus says, you got to, you got to follow the, you got to, your, your righteousness has to surpass the rule followers. And then here towards the end of this passage, Jesus says, this is how you do it. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, interestingly, in the Greek, there's no modifier. It's not sums up. It's not anything else. It Ooh. says, this is 
the law and the prophets. This is how we do it. Wow. We don't have to worry about every detail. If we are doing to others the way that we want them to treat us, if we're treating others the way that we want to be treated, we're doing all that God intended for us to do in the law and the prophets. That is a radical reframing of the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. If we go back and try to read the law and the prophets the way the Pharisees did, looking for all the little prophetic things, looking for all the little law things, we're missing the point that Jesus wants us to teach. So again, we need to come back to Jesus as Lord, not the Bible itself as Lord. We have to interpret the Bible the way that Jesus is teaching us to interpret it. If you were to go back to some of the things that we were talking about earlier of, of some churches and some pastors saying, here's what it means to be a Christian. You have to be vaccinated in order to be a Christian. You have to refuse the vaccination in order to be uh, a Christian. You have to vote a certain way. You have to whatever. But if you were to place any of those and see those through the lens of this teaching of Jesus, that this is the law and the prophets, like this is a foundation, then, then it unflattens because love is dynamic. Love is not just this. It feels like love is not just this. Um, in, in every instance, this is the way that you do it. it. It's dynamic because the variables change. Everything changes. So for, for a, a young married couple who is, uh, who's trying to have a baby, who's trying to become pregnant, the vaccine might be really, really scary for them. Right. Uh, f- for for me, who has elderly parents, sorry, mom and dad, but you're a little old. Um, but for elderly parents, I because we didn't know what this was about. For me, be, getting vaccinated was really important because I, because not for the sake of being a Christian, mm-hmm. but for the sake of loving my mom and my dad. Right. Or loving those that I didn't know about. So then it's not flat one size fits all it's a it's a dynamic relationship with jesus in how we treat ourselves and others the thing that i keep coming back to in my mind and this could be how i was trained this could be how i was raised jesus himself when he was asked what's the most important thing that god wants us to do what's the number one thing that god wants us to do It is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, if Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God Mm -hmm. in some sense. He says then, love is the center of everything. Love has to inform all of those decisions. Now, you're right. In one situation, love could take you one direction, and in another situation, love could take you another. And that's okay, as long as love is the organizing principle that's getting you where you want to be. If we're, loving our, if we're loving God and if we're loving our neighbor, then we are obeying the law and the prophets. Go ahead. And what you were saying earlier is that the, if you're ever wondering what it looks like, because we're saying God is love, Jesus is the, the best human example of that. That we could that we could find and so we're that's why we're saying jesus is lord right so that we can become like that little little christs right <laughs> christians and before i throw any of our brothers and sisters completely under the bus like we <laughs> sounds like we have here i want to say that god is bigger that i know that's a terrible way to say it but god is bigger 
than all of my little ideas about God. Uh, like, I want to say that <sighs> what we're talking about is the right way to do it. Is we're, we're, You're getting into some like Thomas Aquinas stuff uh, of God's so big that God is nothing. No, but but no, I mean, but I but yeah. so many people have wrestled with this idea right. of trying to like encapsulate God into something that I can easily explain and know. Uh, well, <laughs> let's go there. <laughs> Let me just say that our finite brains do not have the capacity to fully comprehend God. That means that our concept of what God is is an idol. Mm. Say it again. Our 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 I, our brains cannot handle the fullness of God, and so our idea of God is, by definition, less than what God actually is, which makes our ideas about God, in a way, an idol. And then when you worship that that concept, yeah, there's that's your, a problem. There's your idol. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Now, by saying God is bigger, what I'm what I want to say is. God understands our limitations. God understands the complexities of our culture, the complexities of our hearts and our minds. And for some reason, God continues to work through people who disagree with me. Mm. God, people are being saved through the ministries of some of these pastors that that I find their views abhorrent. God is bigger (laughs) than my little ideas about God. And God God is gonna continue to work. Sometimes when we look at the news, it looks like there are places where even God wouldn't go. But God is already there. God is already at work drawing people to himself. And it's beautiful. God doesn't rely on my little concept of him in order to have permission to work. God Mm -hmm. just keeps working. Mm -hmm. Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus also ate with Pharisees. Yes. Jesus also ate with the Sadducees. He's not just blasting people from afar. He's sitting with them face to face, sharing meals with yeah. them. Yeah. Even people that we are calling his opponents, he's right there with them in life. Mm-hmm. This is an example for us to follow. Yeah, that's so good. And there's something I read recently that is challenging me and I'm still wrestling with it. But it says this, Jesus is shockingly not upset with sinners. This is a shock so total that most Christians to this day refuse to see it. He's only upset with people who do not think they are sinners. Those denying, fearful, and illusory individuals are the actual blockage. They're much more likely to hate and feel no compunction. I, I, that is a quote, but I, I, I don't... That's really good, yeah. The, Jesus is not out there blasting sinners. People that are coming to him with questions or right. with doubts or with yeah fears or... Right. And so how does that... So we have these two ideas. We have Jesus eats with tax collectors, sinners, Pharisees. He's eating and being and living life with everyone on the same play, page at the same level. Yeah. That is beautiful. When Jesus is challenging people and being hard on people, he's not being hard on the sinners. He's being hard on those who are the ultimate rule followers who are actually blocking the sinners from coming to God. Mm-hmm. When we look, when we read the news and the church comes up, it looks a lot like we are, as Christians, 
really being hard on the sinners. Yeah, yeah. That's not the way that Jesus worked. And so if Jesus is truly Lord, then it should change some of those attitudes and thoughts and actions. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you have any closing thoughts or... Well, uh, we say all these, I, you know, we say all these grand ideas about actually loving and actually being like Jesus, and I firmly believe that this is impossible. I know that sounds, <laughs> I know that sounds weird, because uh, we've been talking about that we need yeah. to do all this. Yeah. For me, I know me. I know my flaws. I know my struggles. And for me, on my own, this is impossible. But we're going to be coming up on Pentecost here soon. Mm. And the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is only through the gift of the Holy Spirit that God can really transform us Mm. from the inside out and make us capable of loving our neighbor, loving tax collectors and sinners, loving Pharisees, loving our brothers and sisters in this world. We as humans love to categorize everything. Is it this or is it that? Are you in? Are you out? Are you a sinner? Are you a saint? Are you, you... What the Spirit hopes to teach us is that there's only really one category. There's the loved by God category. Mm. And this healing that that the Spirit wants to do in us is helping to reshape our eyes, reshaping our hearts so that we can see the world as God sees it through this loved by God category. Mm -hmm. And it takes the Spirit to do that. It does. That's not something that I naturally do well on my own. Yeah. We could finish there. I want to. Tr- I want to try something though. Uh, I might want to add two things. Do you have to go pretty nope. soon? Um, Josh, you and I had a conversation a long, long time ago, and I don't know if you know how impactful it was, but you were talking to me about heresy <laughs> and the definition of heresy, and I. Th- I think as it pertains to scripture, but also as it pertains to living, uh, trying to live this life out, I think it, it would be worth you sharing it. If you remember, I do. <laughs> of course you do. I do. It was, uh, and this not, idea is not unique to me. I, uh, I remember sitting in a restaurant with one of my professors from college and I was struggling with some of these ideas and saying, I don't know that the church has a spot for me. Mm. I don't know that I fit. Because when I hear what my church fellow church members are saying, I can't make it match with Jesus. I must just be a, a heretic. I must, I, all these ideas, they're all just heresy. It can, anyway, I was mm-hmm. very self-judging and wondering if I was even Christian at that point. And my professor said something to me. He said, heresy is not about the ideas. Heresy is a refusal to sit at the table. As long as you are willing to sit at the table and have the conversations and eat and talk and live together, then you're not a heretic. That was so impactful to me, and it still is. Yes. Heresy is a refusal to sit at the table. When I was talking uh, to someone about that, I added heresy is also the refusal to allow somebody to the table Mm -hmm. because this perspective might not match up. And yet I need your perspective to add to the whole. 
And instantly I get all bristly like, oh, those people that think like that about (laughs) vaccines or masks, they're not welcome here. And then I have to say, Lord, yeah, Jesus is Lord. Jesus ate with the Sadducees and Pharisees and tax collectors and sinners. I just want to be all judgy. See, and this is the thing. I know it's not easy. This is not even close to easy. But when you talk, you, again, this idea of salvation, of being this, this healing mm. process for the world, this is the only way. Right. Like we talk about being bipartisan or we talk about being open-minded. It is when push comes to shove, when you actually are making a decision, it's so difficult to do that. I know that. I was convicted. Uh, recently, we saw um, an Instagram feed. Uh, uh, an artist wrote, did these incredible um, digital, I'm just calling it like a digital um, art gallery. But she, it was the, the whole series was called Jesus Wept. Mm-hmm. And it has Jesus washing feet. Uh, or no, is it Jesus Wept or is Jesus washes feet? It might be the washing feet. Mm-hmm. I, I serious. I'll look that up, but um, it's Jesus in the same pose every single time washing people's feet, but it's different people all the time. And and one of them was somebody who was pro vaccine mm-hmm. and one who was anti vaccine. Right. And then it had um, the one that really got me was it had um, a Ukrainian mom and her son, and then it had a Russian soldier mm. in the next one. Mm. And I was like, this is. This is why this is so different and why Jesus is so different because, because he does, he does that. He, he, he eats with people. And then even in his last few breaths, what he's saying is forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Like to the people that he has every right to be hateful and revengeful about, he's forgiving them. And this is like, this is again, like the, the purest and most beautiful example of what an expression of love of what god in flesh looks like to take it back to the end of the sermon on the mount jesus says enter through the narrow gate for the wide for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it what we're talking about is hard it's hard it is so hard. As I said, obviously, I'm not there yet. None of us are I'm there, not there. Um, But a life free of hatred of others, <laughs> that oh, <yeah>. sounds wonderful. <laughs> There's, for, for me and for you. <laughs> there, there are certain names when they come up in the news or they come up in conversation, instantly I'm all like bristly yeah. or on alert or whatever. To have the Spirit work that out of me, mm. So that I can authentically love that person. Whew, that sounds, that's a miracle. And I'm ready for that miracle today. And that's, <laughs> I want to leave with one other thing. Uh, this is what we, you know, we have talking about a lot of things, but hopefully what we're talking about is the Bible and coming, coming to scripture, coming to the Bible with, with that approach, not necessarily as, um, as defender or critic, 
the defender of inerrancy, the defender of my thoughts, the defender of my my theology, mm-hmm. and also not the critic of everything. Right. Of no, that's not right, and I can prove I can scientifically prove that away, and so it's all wrong. Right. Uh, it's it really truly is as a follower of Jesus. It, I I believe that, and, and that's kind of my hope is that we would adopt maybe a new way of of approaching the bible as first and foremost as a as a follower of jesus jesus as a christian has to be our model for biblical interpretation if you read the bible and end up with a with a theological idea where god hates people you're doing it wrong when we hear a lot of end time predictions, for example, it sounds like God is ready to come down and kill all the punks. You know, like that's that's the way we read it. Yeah. If that's your interpretation, I think you're doing it wrong. If it's not, I, I don't no, see I know. Jesus. There it is. Doing it that way. Uh, it, just throw another little piece in there. Paul said, when the Spirit works, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. But there are some people who read the Bible and say, when the Spirit's at work, destruction is the result. Yeah. And I think this is why it's so key, again, like what you were saying, is that Jesus really is, that, that God is love and that Jesus is Lord. Um, because that's where you've got Jesus saying, I, I didn't come to abolish it, but I've come to fulfill it. I've, mm-hmm. I've come to give it the correct meaning. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so we are followers of Jesus. We're not followers of the Bible as a blanket, as its own thing. Yeah. We read the Bible the way that Jesus taught us to read it. So as a, as a conversation for a curious person, I, I don't want to... Again, we don't want to say like, here is the way, right. this is the way, because I know that I've, I've struggled, struggled with that. I've, I've, I, I, in fact, even today I said, I will never speak in absolutes. <laughs> 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 it shouldn't take long to figure out the irony in that statement. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm, we're still struggling with this. Absolutely. But, but it does seem like there is a, if you're, if you're curious, if you're a curious person, um, that you would, you would hold loosely to a theology but tightly to Jesus and so maybe this is even a challenge for some people that are that their belief in Jesus has caused them to hate someone else right if if ever I read a text and feel like that text gives me permission to hate somebody I'm doing it wrong yeah it would be so much easier if we could say, if you do these five things, you'll have it all exactly right. A lot of books like that. Well, they sell. They sell and they let us down. Yeah. Like the five steps to a healthy marriage. How's that, how's that worked out for us as a church or as a nation? Yeah. The, the, we have to be flexible with our theological statements about God. We have to be flexible with our... Uh, rules that are that we're following. Oh, that's the wrong way to say it. Um, we need to keep 
Jesus as Lord and not the rule book as Lord. Even though the rule book is good, like I can look at the teachings of Jesus and go, oh, boom, 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 boom. This is what he taught, this is what he taught, this is what he taught, boom, 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 and still miss the point that love is, should be our guiding f- focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that constant questioning of our theological statements and our interpretation of Scripture is required. These conversations are required for us to grow into Christ-likeness. That's really good. The conversation matters more so than the bullet point rule items because they're shaping us, and God works through these conversations to shape us and mold us. Yeah. But it's so difficult. Oh my goodness. It's so much easier to have the checklist and say, do you match my checklist or not? Yeah. yeah. Because we want to categorize. Are you in? Are you out? Are you like me? Are you not? Yeah. When we follow a God who loves the world. Yep. It'd be so so much easier if we could just hate some folk. <laughs> and because it's easy, we do. <sighs> that is so true. And that's why the world breaks down. Yeah. And again, I don't think I can do it on my own. No. I believe it takes the Spirit of God Mm -hmm. filling us and transforming us to make this happen. But for those that walk through this, life is different. Mm -hmm. Is it easy? No. But is it amazing? (laughs) Yes. I could probably sit down with Josh for another, I don't know, 12 hours and just keep asking questions and picking his brain and and having this conversation. But I hope, I hope that through this conversation that you have been encouraged, maybe you've been challenged. Um, I hope you hear my heart too. I, I do not believe that we have to live in a world where we're just constantly at each other's throats. I can envision this world where we sit down and we have conversations and we try to figure out, I mean, I I know it sounds cheesy, but we try to figure out what would Jesus do in this circumstance. I totally think we should bring those bracelets back, the WWJD bracelets. Uh, I mean, everything trends back at some point, right? If you are new to this podcast, if you're new to Midtown, Midtown Church is a a community in Boise, Idaho, a group of people that have come together and with the mission of following Jesus and living with purpose in community. One of the things that we do at Midtown is we have a thing called Midtown in Action. And it's basically like a chance for us to serve together, to be in the community together and to, to live out the ways of Jesus. And one of the things that we're getting to do this weekend is we get to have a, we're not calling it a baby shower, but uh, a new baby party. We're trying to get the whole, all the family in, involved. And we have two amazing moms from West Africa that are refugees here in Boise. And our, our church has just come together to throw them a party and to get them some essentials and some, some things that might help them as they uh, begin the journey of parenthood. Uh, one for the first time and one for the sixth time. And so um, these are the kinds of things that we get to do. If you want to be involved at all with Midtown or even with just this Midtown in Action part, you don't have to be a part of our church uh, to love somebody. Um, I know that 
one of the things that we say is we think that everybody wants to make a difference in the world, but some people just don't know how. That's why Midtown in Action exists. It's to give you opportunities to use your gifts and your abilities to help somebody else flourish. And uh, and so, yeah, go check out our website. It's www.midtownchurch.us. And if you want to go specifically to the inaction site, just go to midtownchurch.us slash inaction. Thanks again for being here and taking some time out to uh, be a part of this conversation. If you have any questions, ask those questions on our website or on our anchor site. And um, we will see you again on the Midtown Podcast, Conversations for Curious People.